I uh, invite you to take your seats if you haven't done so as we open the Word of God together. Let me extend my welcome to you today. My name is Matt, my privilege to speak for the next half an hour or so as we continue in our series, Praying Together, learning the importance and the joy of praying together. I don't know what your experience of praying together is, how much you've prayed together in the last, with other Christians in the last month or week. As, as Nev Jem said, we've just come out of a week of praying together, where we prayed together each day three times a day for half an hour using Zoom, wonderful technology, very useful. But you know, you add up all that time together, we had three half an hour prayer meetings on a Wednesday night, we had a, an hour, that's nine hours, no, eight hours of prayer over a week. It's pretty something, isn't it? Eight hours. So well done, those of you who could make it along as much as you could, and it's been a wonderful time. It's, it's hard work. You know, last week we talked about the idea of digging ditches like prayer, and sometimes praying together can, can feel like hard work, but it's, it's work worth doing because it causes God to move and do great things, I believe. And that's what we're looking at in this series, praying together, the, learning the importance and the joy of praying together. Today's message and by the way, this is based upon Mike Betts's book, this series called The Prayers of Many. And please do get that book if you can. Uh, as I said in uh, the church news, that if you have difficulty paying for it, just contact the church office or talk to, talk to Helen or me and we can, we can purchase you one. That's fine. Um, today's uh, message is called Combat Praying is like combat, like fighting, like a, a war, like a battle. And we're going to be looking at that idea today from Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 20. So maybe you could open your Bibles. Uh, it will come up behind me as well, but it's often it's nice to have a Bible in front of you. So you can just follow along because we're going to be focusing closely on this text from Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, seeing what the Bible says about praying together. But in summary, praying together is our best defense and offense against dark forces. That's what we're saying today. This is such an important truth. Praying together is our best defense and offense against dark forces. And you may be coming here today, and this is a sort of new thing to you, talking about the devil. I thought that was all make-believe. We believe in God here, and we believe in the devil. They're not equal by any means, but they are realities. We believe in good powers, spiritual powers, and we believe in evil spiritual powers as well. And the world that we live in is assaulted by dark powers, and people's lives are assaulted by dark powers, and we must learn how to fight and not be passive or even unaware that these battles are a reality. I don't know if you ever walk down the street and someone stops in front of you on their mobile phone. Do you love, has that ever happened to you? 
Isn't that fun? Don't you love it? It's got to be one of those new banes, you know, one of those new things. It's just like, goodness me. So you, you all feel it. You know, people, someone's walking down the road and something, it's just like, stop. Or they do this funny thing. They're sort of like walking like that. And you're not sure, should I go that way around them? Should I go that way around them? And like, it's all you can do not to sort of go, excuse me, you know, get all annoyed with them, isn't it? You just feel like, like pavement rage now. It used to be road rage. Now you have pavement rage. You see people on their bicycles, don't you? Like on these new, you know, these bicycles you hire from the, you know, these lime ones are all sort of electric. They're flying along and they're on their phones. Like they're talking away, maybe texting on WhatsApp. I don't know if they know, probably TikTok or something, isn't it? That tends to be younger people. Although I do see older people as well driving their cars or driving their cars on their phones. You know, you get, they get to the lights, don't they? This, for what, some reason, it's like, it's such an addiction. They can't even go for, for 10 minutes without looking at their phones. They have to have this little kick, whatever you get from it. Like I have, I'm so important. My life is so important. I have to be in contact with everybody all the time. And they stop at the lights and it's like they look down. You know what they're doing. They're like, look down. And they're like... Looking down, you know what they're doing. What are you looking down at? There's nothing interesting down there. You know what they're looking at. They're looking at their phones, and, and um, Berekett's laughing because he drives for a living. I bet this is annoying, isn't it? I bet you, you, don't, you don't go on your phone when you're driving, obviously. But you're, it's annoying, isn't it, these people? I bet you ever bib them when they don't move, when the lights change because they're looking down at their phone and they're unaware. Oh, no, jo- Jolly should, should make a move. Um, but the most dangerous one is people crossing the roads on their phones. Like, it's deadly. And people do it. Like, because this thing is so powerful, its, it's um, effect on you is so powerful, you, you do behave strangely because you're just caught up with it. And people walk down the street to, to the road, and they're just on their phones and just step straight out into the road. And you've heard news, various stories of people getting hit by bicycles, hit by cars, and um, it's, it's t- tragic. It can be tragic. It's f- not funny, but you know, we can laugh about it in some ways. But it is tragic, isn't it? Not aware of the dangers. That's what I'm saying. We can be unaware of the dangers in our lives, but we can be unaware of spiritual powers, of dark spiritual powers, allowing them into our lives. We can allow dark forces into our lives in many ways. The inputs into your life have a positive effect. They're either derived from goodness or they're derived from evil. Or they can be a mixture as well. And we have to watch the inputs that we take in. Like the food we take in. I had a nice KFC yesterday. <laughs> I, went, I went to... Nev and I went down to, and we had, met a friend and we did a, a run down in Dartmoor. And afterwards... Like, we've done this race, so you feel, you feel justified. I'm going to have a KFC, and we got a big bucket, and we, 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 we sat there, and we scoffed all this terribly bad-for-you food, but tastes good for a, a few minutes until you feel bad afterwards. But, and then I realized Helen had made me a nice chicken roast dinner for me for coming home. That's bad, isn't it? But I ate it. Um, <laughs> but what I'm... The inputs, you know, that they, should be, they can be good or they can be bad in many ways. And it's important because they can be derived 
and inspire goodness in us. The Bible says whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellence, those are the things we are to think about. And our culture is full of entertainment that's, that's just terrible. And look at the messages behind what we're watching. It's not just the pictures. It's what's the philosophy they're trying to teach you. And if you've got teenage children or young children, just be aware of the philosophy that's behind it. And if the philosophy is evil, I, don't, I suggest you don't, you don't expose yourself or others to it because it's not good for you. And uh, I leave that with you, of course. But the reality of the spiritual battle then, and we're looking at Ephesians 6, we can be unaware of the real dangers of things. The, uh, unaware of the, the, the power of the devil and the demonic powers. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm not going to be able to cover anything like as deeply as I would like today, but we do need, we do need to be aware of the biblical teaching on the devil and demonic powers. If we're unaware, we are unprepared, and we're ex- we are exposing ourselves to danger. So finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. We need God's strength and mighty power. Before I came this morning, I was just meditating on this text and thinking, Lord, give me your strength and mighty power today. Just think about that. Wouldn't you like that in your life? Strength and mighty power from God by the power of the Holy Spirit. But how do we have that strength and mighty power? Well, he says this. We access it by putting on the armor of God. It says, put on the full armor of God. That's what we are to do. Put on this full armor in order to protect ourselves. We're to take... So, 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 so in, in any army, and we'll talk about the, the, the armor in just a bit, but in, in any army, so in Ukraine at the moment, they're asking for particular types of weaponry, aren't they? They're asking particularly for jets so they can carry out their air war against Russia. And whatever you, you know, th- 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 this is a dire situation that we need to be praying for. Because there's no doubt that dark spiritual forces are at work in this situation because they love to bring chaos and harm into this world. So we should, as the the children, if you are a Christian, that is, and you may not all be Christians, I appreciate that, but, you know, one of the delights and privileges and responsibilities of Christians is to pray for that sort of situation. But you can see that they need the right weaponry and protection so you'll often see, for example, Zelensky as he walks around in Ukraine, he'll often be wearing body armor because he knows he wants to protect himself and he's a target. 
And likewise, this armor, if we're going to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, how do we do that? We take his weaponry and his armor and we use it. We are aware of it and we use it. If we don't understand the weaponry, if we don't understand the armor, we can't use it. So, take, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Without God's strength, power, without his armor, we cannot take our stand. We will be blown over. We will be knocked over into, well, at worst, unbelief, cynicism, discouragement, just complete loss of hope in this world. The devil wants you to be hopeless. Hopeless. That this world is pointless. That your life is pointless. The devil, that's what the devil wants, into our, wants to put into our hearts and minds. God wants you to fill you with hope and purpose and life, light rather than darkness. So you can take your stand. So we need to be aware of these schemes. We need to be aware of the reality of his, and it says here, the devil's schemes. He has strategies, schemes, plans to assault the church, to work in nations, to assault world leaders in order to bring chaos and harm. We're not unaware. Take your stand against the devil's schemes. And I guess we can all, in our sort of society, we're in a very secular society, which means that that's the idea that there is no such thing as a spiritual world, the metaphysical, you might say, or spiritual. There's no such thing. It's all just atoms and material, materialism. That's what this world pushes on us, which leads to hopelessness. And the devil, this is what, this, we need to, you know, let's ask ourselves the question, are we, are we in this, because we are soaked in this culture, if you're from this nation, that is. We're soaked in it. So therefore, that's why maybe your immediate reaction to things isn't to pray. Because you've become a, a, a form of secularism in your, your faith. That's why you, we may not take seriously the call to pray together. Because we've got a form of secularism in our faith. We've got a sense of... it will. That's not, that's not very important, that the spiritual world isn't as real as this world. So we, we, take it, we, so we would take it as important to get dressed in the morning, but we wouldn't take it as, as important to also pray in the morning and put on that armor of God that we're talking about because we don't actually think the spiritual realm and the spiritual fight is as real and important as the physical and so we have to watch it, guys. We can go too far the other way as well, make everything spiritual and stuff. But you know, what you do is, you know, in the body is important. But that's not, for most of us, the problem. For most of us, the problem is we've allowed a form of atheism to come into our faith. We've allowed the secular society to affect us, so we don't see it. So John Bloom, 
writes in a wonderful article called We Dare Not Ignore the Devil, says, it's important that we query our responses, responses to the devil and demons and not accept them too easily. They might not, they might, so our responses might expose an unbiblical imbalance or blind spot. Every era has its spiritual blind spots. The demonic forces will, by all means, capitalize on them. The first century had its blind spots, and we have ours. We are naive to think we don't, we don't that they don't significantly affect us. That's why the Holy Spirit inspired the New Testament writers to instruct Christians in all eras to be sober-minded and watchful and, be, and not be ignorant of satanic schemes. So we've got blinkers, we've got blind spots, and it tends to be that we don't take these things very seriously. And if you're visiting today, this, may be this teaching about the devil may be strange to you for that very reason. That's the culture we're in. But that doesn't necessarily mean, I would, well, I believe they are real. And I think the world shows that and reveals that. So let's secondly take seriously, take seriously and get prepared. There is a spiritual, dark spiritual realm so let, and a war, so let's take this seriously and get prepared. David Watson in his book Discipleship says, in war the most important time is preparation time. For all of us, the most important time is now. When the time, when the time of real trial arrives, preparation is over. You are either ready or you are unprepared. If you are not prepared, you will suffer the consequences. When you are hit, when things are hard, when life comes crashing down, we need to be prepared and be aware when that assault on your soul happens and there's darkness and you sense, uh, oh, I just feel hopeless and is God really with me? And we all have those feelings sometimes. It can be not as a result of anything, but it can be, for example, if we're stressed, if we're under pressure, if life, if we're getting you know, so much pressure on us, suddenly we can feel, and the devil will, Although those things are natural and physical, of course, but they're also, the devil also exacerbates, capitalizes on them, and he has the ability to speak into our thinking and assault us with bad thinking. That you are rejected by God, that God doesn't exist, that this is all nonsense, no one loves you, and all that kind of stuff that we all feel and can make us, can isolate us can isolate us from one another, can isolate us from the church. The devil loves, we see it in, 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 the devil loves to isolate us and make us bitter towards God, towards one another. That's what he does. So we need to be prepared. So it says in Ephesians 6, carrying on with our reading, 13 to 17, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, 
So there are days of evil, right? When you are assaulted, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We'll just pause there. Therefore, put on this full armor of God, like this soldier getting dressed with the right equipment. We are, without the right equipment, we are vulnerable. None of us will go to work, I hope, naked. Would you go, just hands up with the last time you went to work naked. No, no I, hope, I hope that's clear that we don't do that. And it's not just because it's cold. Although nothing would surprise me in our culture that's going rapidly into chaos that we don't have a movement of people saying they have the freedom to make those kind of choices. But I hope you won't be one of them. Let's likewise don't go into this world naked without the armour of God and the, the armoury that you need The nature of this war means we need God's weaponry. Now, what is this armor? I haven't got massive of time at all. But the armor is to put on, to believe, to put your faith in who God is and what he's done for you. That's what the armor is. It's who God is and what he's done for you. All those pieces of armor, there's a lot of overlap between what they are, but that's basically what they are, is using this illustration that you and I need to know who God is and what he's done for us. And then when we're assaulted, we can say, I know who God is and I know what he's done for me. When I'm waiting for God to answer prayer, I say, I know who God is. I know what he's done for me. I know he's God Almighty, for example. And I know I'm a child of God. Two basic ideas, but that's putting on the armor, isn't it? Who God is, what he's done for you. Belt of truth. Put on the belt of truth. That's the truth of who God is. What he's done for you. Don't let your trousers fall down, friends. Put on the belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Knowing that because you've received Jesus... You are righteous. That means righteousness means you've done right. That you've done everything right. You've lived the perfect life. Well, you haven't, but Jesus has. And when you receive him, his righteousness is given to you as a gift. So when the devil says, you stinking person, you're going to hell, you're useless, you've made that mistake, breastplate of righteousness over your heart. I know who I am. I know what God has done for me. Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, believing the gospel that Jesus has died for you. He's risen again. And sharing that gospel and applying it into all relationships. That's why it's called the gospel of peace. Because we all fall out with each other at work, but also within the church. So we need to apply the gospel of peace. As I've been forgiven, I will forgive you. 
That's what Paul is saying. Put on this armor, the shield of faith, who God is. These fiery darts that come flying over. What are these fiery darts? They are temptations, they're accusations. And as you you pick up that shield of faith, that is who God is, what he's done for me, I'm going to apply that into my life. Take the helmet of salvation. I am saved today because of Jesus. I'm saved for eternity because of Jesus. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In other words, you pick up the word of God, who God is, what he's done for you, and you use it, you pray it. There's a lot of overlap there, but in essence, as I've said, putting on the armor is who he is and what he's done for you. So we need to get prepared for his attacks. He lies and brings in false teaching. He would love the church to believe false teaching. He would love you to believe false teaching. Again, a big subject in itself, but that's why you need to put on that belt of truth. The devil can inspire our thinking. Michael Reeves writes this about the way the devil assaults us. The accuser loves to have people, um, the, the accuser, so he's often called the accuser, loves to have people doubt this. He loves to whisper, God is punishing you. That's why things are hard. He does not love you anymore. We must shout back, Satan, what sort of Christ do you think I have? A faithless one? One who makes it all depend on me? No, I have one who says no one will snatch them out of my hand. So that's why we need to put on the helmet of salvation. He loves to, as I said, lies, false teaching, temptations. Temptations. You're all tempted, we're all tempted. We're all tempted to evil, aren't we? Unfaithfulness, we're tempted to think and do things that are wicked, to be vengeful rather than forgive. We're all tempted. And the devil loves to whisper, come on, that person doesn't deserve your forgiveness. That person deserves your your, your revenge. That, that woman, that man, you should have a relationship with them. That's going to fulfill you. Pick up the shield of faith. I'm going to trust God, what he says. He loves to bring not only lies, false teaching, temptation. He loves to bring division around the world, but also in the church. And this is why Ephesians 4, 26 to 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Or do not give opportunity to the devil in your life. And this is not just, this is serious. You know, when we don't forgive, we, 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 I don't, I mean, I don't know all the details of this. You know, I'm just taking God's word and trying to understand it with you. And all the details aren't completely uh, explained. But somehow, when we don't forgive, we allow the devil and demonic powers to have a foothold in our lives and church community. So it's important 
And, our resp- and it's, he, he also, I mean, there's, there's so many things the devil does. I, I could go on. But in response to this fact that we've got this spiritual war and that we need to be prepared, we need to put on this armor to protect ourselves, to be able to fight this fight, what is the response? It's to pray together because it's our best defense and offense against dark forces. Pray together because it's our best offense and defense against dark powers. Get dressed. You know, why do we get dressed in the morning? We get up and dress so we can do stuff. That's, isn't it? We, we get dressed to do stuff. When I put on my running shoes, I put them on so I can go running. I don't just put them on so I can stand in front of the mirror and take a selfie, sort of, you know, that sort of stuff. I don't even know if I could do that. You know, that sort of thing you do into the mirror and somehow, you know, I don't do that. I don't put stuff on so I can look like cool to myself or others, but so I can do stuff. Like I always check before I leave the house. Do I need my umbrella? Is it going to rain? This is the sort of country we live in, right? Is it going to rain? And I check my little app. Nowadays, I don't even look out the window, you know? I look on an app. Isn't it? I don't know if it's... But, and that's likewise, we put on the armor so that we can pray. You don't just put on the armor so you can sort of just walk around like Robocop. You put it on so you can pray. So that's why he says, and pray carrying on, 18 to 20 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Always keep praying for the Lord's people. Pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fiercely Make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And pray. That's why we're aware of the war. We get prepared for the war. We we put on the armor, which is knowing who God is and who I am, so that I can pray. Put on this armor so I can go into war, go into battle. Pray in the Spirit, it says here. Now, what does pray in the Spirit mean? It means lots of things. But it means essentially, mostly this, that we pray with an awareness that God is actually present with us. We pray in the Spirit. He's here. It's so important. Why would you pray? There's sometimes like liturgy in church. You kind of, our Father in heaven, our be done, our kingdom come, we'll be done, Amen, amen, amen. You know, it's like, it's like, are we aware God's present? Are we actually talking to someone? Like, like, you know, I'm aware that Paul's present today, right? Paul, you're present. I'm talking to you, Paul, because you're here. You're present. I think, Paul, good to see you today. Paul, nice jumper today. You know, like, you talk to people like they're people, don't you? Like, pray in the spirit. That means pray because God is present. Know he's present. He's powerful and present. 
That's where, why Jesus reminds us. Again, I tell you, if any of you agree on earth about anything they, that you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Pray together. There's power because God is present. Pray in the Spirit. I'm not saying you don't pray in what we call praying in tongues a gift of the Spirit that he gives to us. But here, the principal idea is that you pray in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. The Spirit guides you in praying. He, as we pray together, you know, somebody prays something, it leads you into that direction. Somebody brings a prophetic word, you pray in that direction. You go in the direction that the Spirit is leading you. It's so important, guys. As a little, as a little um, teaching or skill, as we, when we're in prayer meetings or in any meeting, listen to what the Spirit is doing. So what are the contributions that are being brought? And think, okay, what's God speaking to us about today? What's he speaking about? And then, yeah, yeah so that's just a minute. Pray in the Spirit. On all occasions, whenever you meet, in various settings, whenever you meet with other Christians, on every occasion, on every attack, in every challenge, let's pray together. It says, in all kinds of prayers and requests, pray about everything. Pray with the mind, but also pray with the spirit, praying in tongues. Be alert. Be alert to the devil's attacks. If you see a friend, a brother or sister in the church who's under affliction, being assaulted, pray for them. Say to them, can I pray for you as well? Pray also for me. Paul, this is such humility, isn't he? Paul wants the Ephesian church to pray for him, to assist him in his prayers. He knew that he needed their prayers. Let's be asking each other for prayer. I just want to thank you for praying for the Alpha course that we had on Tuesday night. It was such a, such a, just a, such a great example here. So on Tuesday night, we run the Alpha course, and it was, I, I can tell you now, so Nev led you, who, who, if you were there, in praying for Alpha in our discussion group. And I can tell you now, there was a tangible difference, and it was a different evening because you prayed for us. So whenever you hear of anything going on in the church, Alpha, Serendipity, Lighthouse, Little Lambs, Various things that go on, I can't name them all. Please pray for it. Pray together for it. Because it makes a, a tangible difference. As we come to an end, I just want to remind you, and perhaps the band will just come up, of the example of Peter. So we've talked about the reality of the spiritual battle. We've talked about the needs to be prepared for that, to put on that armor, knowing who God is, who we are. And I've talked about the fact that you then pray together. On your own is good, but you pray together. And then a great example is that. There was an, there was an instance in the Bible where the early church were being persecuted. Now, King Herod arrested some of those in the church. And he was 
intending to persecute them. And it says here that Peter was in, kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. It says the church was earnestly praying for him. He's in prison. And then as a result, an angel of the Lord came to Peter, opened the prison doors, led him through past the armed guards, led him out, led him out into freedom. Just, and it, it's a great example of what happens when we pray together. It says he, he, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Let's be that response, guys. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray for things together. Peter knocked at the door, and one of them answered the door. And it says, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back in uh, without opening the door and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. And this is their response. You're out of your mind. People of faith that they are, right? You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. Whatever that means. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him. They were astonished. Peter was miraculously released because the church had gathered. Many of them were praying for him in prison. But I want to make the point here as well. Their faith isn't perfect. They are astonished, and they think they're, that she's out. Of the, the, the person who opens the door is out of her mind. They didn't have some kind of perfect faith, like, if I pray, I know God will do it. This is the situation, and this is the true for what is mostly my experience, and it's probably mostly your experience as well, which is this. I know God can, but I don't know He will. Sometimes you have the gift of faith where you know He can and you know He will. But most of the time, it's good enough, guys, to know God can and hope he will, you know. Lord, please come. Please release Peter from prison. Please release this person from sickness. Please provide this job. Please open this door. Please, Lord. And even if we're astonished when it happens, God will be pleased with you and us for having been faithful. Praying together, stand together, is our best defense and offense against powers of darkness. Let's put on that full armor. Let's know who we are. Let's know who God is. And let's pray. Let's be devoted to praying together as a church. Let's be devoted to praying together in our community groups. Let's be devoted to praying together when we meet with friends. If you see a brother or sister struggling, Pray with them. Help them to pick up their armour, to polish up their sword, and to get back into the fight. Amen. Let's worship God now.